But it was wonderful. It couldn't have been more beautiful. I'm willing to respond to the challenge in spite of the frustrations and uh, almost unnerving experience sometimes. We have to have something to reflect on and some something to enjoy. Welcome to Elder Wisdom, Stories from the Green Bench. I'm Erin Davis. So glad you've joined us because today we're very pleased to be bringing you what we think is a special episode. As I and my co-host Doug Robinson, who is himself a resident at Village of Sandalwood Park in Brampton, get to sit on our virtual bench and talk with Anna Piccoli, who lives with her husband Aldo at the Village of Glendale Crossing in London, Ontario. And helping Anna today is her daughter, Franca Smith. It is a perfect way to continue our theme of connection, family, and service. What Schlegel Village's retirement and long-term care residences are all about. So if you're ready, we're ready. Andiamo. Let's go. Well, I guess the way to start this would be to say benvenuta. Benvenuti. To both of our guests today. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Franca for being here and Anna as well. Yeah. So nice to have you here. Ciao, Bella. Ciao, Bella. <laughs> it's great to be yeah, here. Thank I you. I do something look like Ciambella. Nice, you know, AIP, IP. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can only imagine how lovely you are at 92. <laughs> Thank Living you. there at the village of Glendale Crossing with your husband, Aldo. Yeah, how Aldo. many years are you married? Uh, six to two. Wow. That's Amazing. And of course, we're hearing Doug from Franca. Franca is one of Anna and Franca Aldo's. the second one. Yes. Yeah. I'm the second daughter. Yep. And I got another one. Three girls. <laughs> Three girls. Three girls. Oh, yeah. And how many grandchildren, Nona? Um, grandchildren? Six. Beautiful. A two. Grade, grade. Whoa. I'm a grandma nonna. <laughs> Fieri, you are proud, yes? Thank you, thank you. Yes, she is yeah. very proud. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like here. Uh-huh, you do, yes. And your sister lives there, too. Yeah, yeah, my sister Josephine, yeah. Yeah, they just lived right down the hall from each other, which is fantastic. Oh, we, we got a close, yeah. Who is older? Uh, my sister. Yeah, Josephine uh, is older. Josephine and 98. Whoa! June, you finished 98. Yeah, in, uh, <sighs> in June, yeah. And uh, me, 92. Doug, do you have something you'd like to ask? Yes, before I start, comma star, Benny Benny, Franca and Anna. <laughs> <laughs> grazie. Grazie, grazie. Now, your English is really quite wonderful, Anna, as we are hearing. <laughs> I, I love everybody. Oh. Speak to my children, my grandchildren. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and nobody smokes. And nobody smokes. <laughs> <laughs> she always adds that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's very yeah. important. And undoubtedly, part of the reason, Franca, that your mom is 92 and her sister, Josephine, 98, is, am I safe to assume that neither of them smoked? <laughs> yes, no, that's no. right. <laughs> Anna, 
you left Italy before Aldo, but he came running after you. Yeah, the, the same town. Yeah, he came running after you. You must have been quite the looker. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're a beautiful lady. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Dad followed you to Canada because you were beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's come from Italy two years, one one years after me. Wow. Yeah, and yep. we, we married here. Yeah, so mom came to Canada to live with her sister Josephine, who also lives here. Four years. Um, and uh, Josephine and her husband Tony bought the first home uh, in the family. So they actually welcomed a lot of family and friends from Italy. Uh, they had several families that uh, took turns living in their place. That was the first place that they they lived in. So my mom moved there. But just before she, she moved, uh, my, my dad was quite interested in dating her. And uh, he, he had been in a previous marriage. His, his uh, first wife passed away uh, quite young. Um, they lost uh, three young, young babies. Mm-hmm. And uh, so about eight or nine years after he lost his first wife, it was actually his first mother-in-law, who, whose name is Maria, um, she wanted to match the two of them up. She wanted him to get on with his life and, and have a, a wife and kids. Uh, she really encouraged him to, even though he didn't feel he was ready to do that, um, she really wanted him to have a good life and move on. So uh, she, she left to come here and they wrote each other for about a year. And then uh, he was urging her to come back so that they could date and eventually get married. And hmm. she convinced him to move here. And uh, how long was Dad here before you two got one married? One year and three months. When you, you yeah. were here one year and three months. How long after Dad came to Canada did he marry you? We married that right away. Right and away? On the 23rd April. 23rd of April. Yes. Yeah. So they got married right away as soon as Aldo came to join Anna in Canada. Yeah, because the government said, well, he's married right away. Because yeah. sometimes come some people want to marry it, they pick up another one. Ooh. And oh. <laughs> lots of people before uh, leave the... That that girl wanna marry, they're not married anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, mm. That's why I say, well, uh, this month you married. Good. So, Anna, why uh, did you choose Canada to begin with? Why did Josephine and Tony choose Canada? Well, one year, Josephine got here. Mm-hmm. It make application for me, just for me. Yes. I, I, after me... Um, I waited two years at that time. So I think I think that uh, Uncle Tony and Aunt Josephine moved to Canada because there were a lot of job opportunities. Yeah, the application for me, well, for uh, the the brother. Oh, the, Tony's brother lived here uh, first. Yeah, lived ah. here, and then uh, that brought Tony and Josephine here, and then they eventually bought their first house. 
and welcomed other people into their home. And this was in the London, Ontario area, Franca, or somewhere a little more uh, far flung? In the London, Ontario area. Okay. And is it true that after everybody sort of had their assimilation, if you will, once they landed in the London, Ontario version of the family's Ellis Island, that they eventually all kind of bought houses in the neighborhood too? Yeah, that's correct. We all <gasps> grew we all grew up uh, about a, a block from each other. Oh. And uh, their house actually is still in the family. My son owns it now. My mom's two sisters, Josephine and Rosa, uh, both lived on the same street. And then uh, we were just one block over from them. So we used to walk over and visit all the time. So it makes sense then that these families who grew up all so close and so tight in this same neighborhood in London, and now you have Anna and her husband and her sister all living together there at the village of Glendale Crossing. The family never really lost touch, and that's such a beautiful thought. Yes, and we always celebrated holidays together, Christmas, Easter, birthdays, anniversaries, and uh, they would take turns at each other's houses to host them. Um, And uh, Josephine and Tony never did have children of their own. And so my two sisters and I and uh, my my two cousins who also lived on their street, uh, the five of us were just like their, their kids. We were that close. That was going to be my question, uh, Frank. Mm-hmm. At Christmas time, did all the family get together? And what was the biggest table you had <laughs> at Christmas sitting round? <laughs> yes, uh, all three homes had uh, big, very large tables. Aunt Josephine had a very large dining room, and we would all gather in there. Aunt Rose, who uh, is deceased now but lived on the same street, she had a huge uh, dining room uh, as well. Uh, we would sometimes add another table to the end of it. And then my parents had um, a kitchen and large um, dining room in what most people would call their rec room the, downstairs. Room, yeah. They each had two kitchens and a large eating space in their basements as well. Anna, yeah. what was your favorite meal to cook? Oh, everything, lasagna. Oh, the, lasagna? We, we do mm-hmm. lasagna. Uh, we do the, um, the pasta, no? Pasta. Mm-hmm. We do the sagnatel. We, we put on a hot water, one each. A little bit of salt. Mm-hmm. And nice sauce. Sauce. <laughs> they, uh, my mom and dad both were excellent cooks, and uh, everything was made from scratch. Oh. And the, they made the best lasagna, and the noodles were homemade. Oh, oh yeah, I mean, oh. yeah, yeah, I do. Oh. You're, make, you're making my mouth water. Uh, I do, <laughs> I do here too. When I come, Jessica, you don't know, Jessica, I don't know. And uh, I go to the kitchen, say, okay, it's up to you. I make a pizza. La, la, everything. Oh. Yeah, so when Je- when Jessica was working on this floor uh-huh. as a recreation coordinator, she did have them uh, do some cooking. Uh, oh, yeah. They cooked some oh. pasta and some pizza. Yeah. Uh, and one day dough. we do polenta. You know polenta? Oh, love polenta with, uh, with cornmeal. Big, big yes. thing. Uh, everybody tastes the polenta. I do the salsa. Everybody, mm-hmm. mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like very much. <laughs> Say do again. 
It was it <laughs> no was so kidding. delicious, and uh, <laughs> I, I have fond memories of, like on the weekends on a Sunday morning, my mom and dad would make polenta and homemade sausages, and it was just the best yeah, combination. Lots of polenta. In the uh, movie The Godfather, when they're making spaghetti sauce, spaghetti. they turn around and says, you have to put sugar in the spaghetti sauce. Do no, you do no, that, I, Anna? I not, I not put the sugar, just the salt. Just salt, yeah, no be, sugar? Because it comes sweet, you know. My parents never did put sugar in no, their no. sauce. I, I do know of some people who uh, do, but, coffee, uh, yes, and that, but they yeah, didn't. But uh, no, no, never I put the sugar, no. How about desserts, like cannoli? <laughs> the, yeah, we didn't <laughs> really... The sweets that would that my mom would make often are pizzella. They're made like, almost like a waffle iron. They're called pizzella. Mm. And uh, there was but, another one, I'm trying to think of the name of it. Faceva come la that's a mouthful. <laughs> One at a time. I bet it yeah, is. Yeah, and, um, you know, I don't know how to translate that. but With Annie, I took it, you know. They were like little balls, and they would put them together, and she would make this big round. Because it's sticky. Almost like a bunt cake type of shape, but they were all held together with honey. And it was really sweet and really delicious, but I, I wouldn't be able to translate the name of it. Um, it's a tricky one. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. I remember having a girlfriend when I was in high school. Her name was Marta Nespoli. Uh-huh. And when we went to her house, it always smelled delicious. Franca, you must have been one of the more popular kids on the street when it came time to bringing home kids for lunch or for supper. What, what was it like growing up in a multicultural area being that Italian household where friends wanted to come over were, did you find yourself being the heart of the neighborhood for that reason or tell us about your upbringing well you know um, it first of all it was an amazing upbringing and we and our friends always appreciated my parents cooking I could really relate to the movie my big fat Greek wedding yes when she talks about going to school and everybody's got their white wonder bread sandwiches and and so on and She's eating baklava, which is so different than anybody. Nobody's heard of it. Nobody has tasted it before. It's something like just really um, out of the ordinary and a little bit strange. I usually went home for lunch anyway because we were close by. But um, our food was very different than other than my Canadian friends' food. And in a way, it was a little bit embarrassing because I wanted this mm. sense of belonging and, and, and yeah. to be like my friends. Yeah, you just wanted the brown paper bag or the lunchbox or something. Just give me the same stuff in a baggie that everybody else had with a wagon wheel. Exactly, and then that way they wouldn't ask me what I what on earth I'm eating. <laughs> right. But, uh, so on 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 that part of it, it was it was a little bit embarrassing. But um, as I got older, I began to really really have appreciation for it. When I saw the reaction of friends and family that would come over, especially friends who hadn't had that type of food before. And they were just like um, so appreciative of uh, how wonderful the food was. And they would ask questions like, how do you make this? I want to learn how to make it. 
So we were a little bit spoiled that our parents were both good cooks and they could easily make it. And uh, we were exposed to it on a daily basis. But it was when the, my friends would come over and ask those questions um, that I realized how lucky we were. Yeah, in a lot of families, exotic food was a different flavor of shake and bake. So, yes. You know, <laughs> yeah. There's a saying, il pane apre tutte le bocche. Does that make any sense to you that bread opens all mouths? And pardon me, mi dispiace if I got the pronunciation wrong here. But you said you said it uh, very, very well, and I totally understood it. My Italian certainly is not perfect, and uh, you not you uh, enunciated that uh, better than I could. <laughs> but I totally it's it is true. It is true. That if you want to get to know somebody, invite them to eat with you. Good food can bring good conversation. I just love that. Yeah, before we got lots of people, especially uh, mm -hmm. on because upstairs we got a small kitchen, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes we, we eat in a dining room, not too bad. Yeah. But uh, most of the time we go downstairs because we got a big room. But now, yes. no cook anymore. I'm here. Uh, just, uh, I got the crochet. Everybody won a shawl for me. Yeah, she's oh, making shawl. scarves and shawls for people. Yeah, nice. everybody, yeah, do, do for me, do for me. And give the, the lana. You know, she, lana? The, yeah. the yarn, yeah. And everybody gives her yarn. Yeah, everybody give those. So she can crochet something for them. Uh, uh, nice. I, I, I got the crochet. I do with the crochet, no? With the yeah, she doesn't knit, but she crochets. I do big, big uh, blanket. Mm -hmm. uh, one girl, Rina, uh, she take. Oh, so wonderful, wonderful. Big, big, big. On a bed, you know? Put on a bed. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And, uh, and uh, I do everything. Uh, with the crochet. So you're still creating. You're still creating and sharing your love and your talents with people, even if you don't have the house with the two kids. I like to do something. I got the yeah. book for, for color. Coloring books? Mm -hmm. Color book, yeah. yeah. I color lots of things I color. Yeah, she has a whole wall full of uh, uh, the pictures she's colored. They're, yeah. they're really yeah. beautiful. No, got her now, yeah. Um, I, I happen to be a visual artist, and a lot of people asked me where I got that from, and I wasn't really sure until my mom moved here <laughs> and started to color and before crochet. She uh, didn't have time to do those things before, and now she does, and it's just wonderful to see oh, her yeah. enjoying that. Franca? Yes. Uh, I have uh, on my tablet the uh, painting that you did of your father and the one with the windows. You're a very, very talented lady. Thank you. Uh, oh, I thought they were beautiful. Could you tell us something about the art show, Home and Away? Yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was several years ago. Um, I was teaching art classes from my home and through the City of London at the time. And one of my students, Diane McClure, came up with this idea she comes from a Ukrainian and German background, and she knew I came from an Italian background, so we would often talk about our uh, nationalities and the way we were brought up. So when she came up 
with this idea of home and away. She asked me if I I would be kind of an assistant to uh, do it with her. And uh, her idea was to ask some local artists to do some artwork that had something to do with either where they came from, well, <laughs> certainly where they came from, and what brought them to Canada and their experience, and then uh, which felt like home and which felt like away. And uh, so I myself, and I think about around 30, 35 artists contributed. Wow. And uh, we, we each came up with um, a one-page story, and we uh, talked about our experiences and we also uh, had some visual art, mostly paintings, but also some sculptures. And so uh, when we showed them at a local gallery, uh, we displayed the story beside the artwork so people could walk around, look at the artwork, read our personal stories, and then everything was put together in a book. Very, very interesting. Thank you. Is the book available anywhere, Franca? Uh, yes. Uh, Diane actually has has some some copies left. Uh, if anybody is interested, and uh, who is Diane? Uh, Diane McClure, and uh, I can. If you contact me, I can certainly get some copies. Uh, but uh, she, yeah, she's the one who who orchestrated this whole thing. Wonderful, uh, Franca. Is there one important lesson? that a close-knit family has taught you? Well, I mean, family comes first. Everything revolves around family and food. (laughs) 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 Um, Everything that my parents, uh, when they still lived at home, everything revolved around mealtime as much as possible. That was when we could sit down and talk about our day and spend time together my biggest takeaway is that family is everything and to uh, always be respectful towards your elders. That was something I was always taught too. Yes, yeah. A very important lesson, that one. Absolutely. You know, many of us take each other for granted and uh, when you learn especially about where where they came from and what they have been mm-hmm. through to, to get us to where we are, it's really quite amazing getting to uh, where they've come from Anna you grew up during the war and we've been talking about food aplenty was food scarce during the war so during the war was there very oh, much food oh yeah I, I, I yeah I remember yeah I remember the war I am 14 years old yeah she was 14 mm. when the war came mm. Your family had to run away. Yeah, the house go down because the Germany boom, 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 everything down. The house we no got. If we live thirteen year, and uh, we got a big house on the land. Yeah. Uh, so what happened was, uh, uh, they were being invaded by the Germans, and they had to leave their homes. The homes uh, in the city were yeah, being bombed. I, I yeah, so they left. They they had a a place in the country where they grew their food, and it, they yeah. had you know some kind oh, of yeah. a small big, big cottage, cottage yeah. there. By the way, they took off through the night in the dark through the woods, 
yeah, and we, we walked escaped. Oh. Uh, walked for miles and miles to escape. Uh, and uh, so when the when the German soldiers came, do you remember yeah, that? Uh, uh, when the Germany come, my friend the cook be uh, uh, big pan the sausage, bread, a a yeet, and no and no said no no more near no no kill us. Oh. Yeah, because he did she cooked good. for them, Say, oh, hoping that good, they wouldn't good. kill them. Okay, I don't do nothing for you. But my uncle was with them, guiding them, and the soldiers didn't know that my uncle understood uh, German, uh-huh. and he heard the German soldiers saying, oh, yeah, making a yeah. plan. Yeah, they were making a plan that they would stay for the night. They would eat their food. Uh, these these young ladies, young teenage girls would clean for them, and then they would have their way with them, and then they would kill them. Oh. Mm. So my uncle my uncle heard all that and understood it, but they didn't know that he understood. So when he had a chance uh. to tell the girls what was going on, See, they made a secret uh, plan to escape that everything. night. Yeah. That was a scary moment for you. Oh, yeah, lots of scare, but at 7 o'clock in the morning... We got over there, lots of people, oh, but another thing, we we sleep um, in Galapa, you come out in Galapa. Yes, they slept in the stairs, hay. Down the stairs. In the basement. Ah, yeah, some men, yeah. Yeah, they, were, they went from home to home looking for a place to stay, but there were so many people coming, we, we are they didn't have much room for them, we, so we they slept li- in the hay. We are alive, in a way, yeah. Can I share my scary moment? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I was six years old, uh. and and I had to sleep on the subway station platform. Oh, the the uh, Germans were dropping bombs on us, and in the morning when I got up, we didn't know if our home was going to be there or boy, not. Oh boy, that's so yeah. scary, so scary. Yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah, yeah. That time you're scared, scared because my father no no there. He's coming back in July. Everything okay. He's not die. Yeah. Oh, thank goodness. And my mom lived 104 years. Wow. Half the, because he's died. My father died with, uh, with heart attack. 84. A, a second sister died at 84. The same. And there you are at... 92 and you have a sister older with you there one more one more thing i'd like to add Uh is that you know my my parents obviously you know uh grew up quite poor and didn't have a lot of food and so they they learned to save uh at a very early age and and to this day they're not um they've never been one for you know having to have the biggest house or the fanciest car or any of that and they raised us that way but still to this day, they would just give anything, anything they have yeah. to, to their children, to their family and friends. I mean, they would just do anything for you and sacrifice anything for you. We, we, and that was uh, something special to grow up with. We cook potato on the stove mm-hmm. uh, because we know got a lot to eat, but uh, we do, you know, it'd be okay. Yeah. What little you have, you share. Uh, and that is, that, that is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, we do hope to have a conversation with you again before too long. Mm-hmm. And it has been just such an honor to share in your life, 
your cooking, your heart, your family, yes. the connection of family that continues to this day. And we are just so, so very grateful. Congratulazioni. Congratulazioni. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulazioni. <laughs> thank you. Thanks, Doug. And thanks so much for joining us on The Green Bench. Share your thoughts and opinions on social media using hashtag Elder Wisdom to help everybody find us on this green bench. And if you would, take a moment to rate and review the Elder Wisdom podcast. Go to www.elderwisdom.ca to find the link. And we'll be sure and let you know just as soon as we have a new episode for you. With Season 2 now under our belts, we'll be back in June with Season 3 and our fresh focus on health, support, and caregiving. On behalf of Doug Robinson, I'm Erin Davis. Thank you for your time, and we'll talk to you again soon. Your seat on the green bench is ready and waiting. Elder Wisdom, Stories from the Green Bench, is brought to you by Schlegel Villages, a complete continuum of care, offering independent living to long-term care, celebrating and honoring the wisdom of the elder. To learn more about us, please go to our website, schlegelvillages.com.